0: On your Thursday episode of Locked On Raptors, we have reached the halfway point of the season, which means it's time to check in on everybody's favorite thing that we do on this here podcast, the Locked On Raptors annual over, under, and prop bet spectacular with Vivek Jacob and Sahal Abdi. We will see who is in line to pick up the most important trophy in all of sports coming up on today's episode. Let's get into it. What's going on? Welcome to episode number 1319 of Locked On Raptors for Thursday, January the 12th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley. I cover the Toronto Raptors now for nine seasons on various platforms. You can find all of my work over on Twitter, at WoodleySean. You can also follow, subscribe to, rate, and review the podcast for free on your favorite podcast apps, of course. And we are also on YouTube. Go hit the big red subscribe button over there to support the show and a reminder that if you send an email to LockedOnRaptors at gmail.com with both your uh, a screenshot proving you are subscribed to the YouTube channel and a mention of your favorite deep cut Raptor of all time, you will be entered into a draw to win two tickets to the Raptors Republic live podcast extravaganza on February the 7th at the Rivoli in Toronto. So go do it. There's one person in there right now. Shout out to Martin Miller who sent in an email and shout out BizMacBee. Yombo as his favorite deep cut Raptor of all time. A very, very good selection. Indeed. A couple of also good selections are the two dudes we got on the podcast today. Let's get to it. Vivek Jacob is here, the four-time Locked On Raptors over-unders and props champion. It pains me to say it every single time, but I have to do it because it's written in the history books. Big V, how the hell are you?
2: I'm good. Obviously one of uh, our favorite episodes uh, of the season, so very much looking forward to getting into it with you two.
0: Hell yeah, and Sahal Abdi from Raptors Republic is also here. He will be there at the Rivoli on February the 7th on Queen Street West. Uh, Sahal, buddy, how's it going? The one-time champion, I should say that as well.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I was hoping you would say that at some point. <laughs> um,
0: it's, good. it's good to be back.
3: Happy New Year's. We haven't seen you guys since 2022, all three of us so um, together. Happy at least. New Year. So, uh, it should be fun. This one should be fun. I, I always look forward to these.
0: And with that, we retire saying Happy New Year to people here on January the 12th. (laughs) We get it. The new year is here. It's fine. Uh, I am, of course, zero time over-unders and props champion, Sean Woodley. Let's get into it. Just a refresher on how this works. Before the season, we go through 18 over-unders and props, most of the lines set by yours truly, pretty capably, I might add. As someone who doesn't really gamble all that much, I think I nail this every single year. We go through, we each pick whether we think it's going to be over-under. In some cases, we just pick who we think is going to win a certain category or whatever, and whoever gets the most things right at the end of the season goes home. with. We do have to, I think, craft a trophy. I think maybe I'm going to have to like do a really stupid expenditure. That I can maybe write off on my taxes for just like a very stupid plaque or trophy or both. Who's to say? But let's dive in. We're at the halfway point of the season. Let's see who is on track to go home with supremacy this year. Um, all right. Let's sorry. I'm just pulling up my little spreadsheet here. Let's begin, shall we? The first question on the board was Pascal Siakam, points plus rebounds plus assists per game. The over-under was set at 36.5. Last season, he had 36.6. This season so far, you might have heard Pascal Siakam is pretty good 40.6 Forty point six total points, rebounds, assists combined per game. All of us took the over. Uh, so we all get the point there. Vivek, I will throw it to you to wax a little bit on Pascal's season. Did you expect he was gonna come in so far ahead of the over under we said at
2: 36.5? So far ahead. Um, I think it was a question mark because of what we might have expected before the season from you know Scotty Barnes potentially taking a leap and, you know, Fred Van Fleet, you know, bouncing back to all-star form form. Those are the things we kind of anticipated. So, so far ahead, maybe not, but Mm. uh, it's been amazing to see. Um, And, you know, I think that leap that he's talked about, just continuing to ascend towards being a top five, top 10 player. Those are his goals. Um, So I think he is well and truly uh, moving into that echelon, obviously. The big thing you look for uh, if the Raptors make the playoffs is if it carries over into a postseason setting. Um, I think that's when you can kind of stamp it. Uh, But so far, easily uh, the best player on the Raptors um, and has exceeded expectations by the most of any other player.
0: Yeah, and I should say, uh, last year in the playoffs, I think you could argue that what he did did in fact translate over, and the sort of gauntlet that he sees on every single offensive possession seems to kind of led lend well to, like, preparing for the playoffs. Uh, it's it's not what you want to see him just plunging into three bodies every single time he has the ball in his hands. But, uh, hey, maybe if some other guys start to sort of continue their regression back to the mean here, it'll get a little easier for Pascal, both regular season and when they inevitably annoy everybody by making the play and winning a couple games and losing in the first round to the Celtics or whatever. Uh, <laughs> we're going to move on now. All of us on one point, let's go to the second question here. And before we get to this, I need to get a ruling. Before I reveal, remind you guys what the question was, I have to get a ruling, a majority rules. We'll just go with the majority here. This question refers to, actually, excuse me, this is for later on, but it's tied to this guy, so it's fine. Um, there's a question coming up later on regarding the leading scorer on the Raptors. We need to determine whether going per points per game or if we're going total points scored. We'll just vote. Vivek, I will go with you. Are you going total points scored or points per game as the determining stat for leading scorer or second leading scorer on the Raptors?
2: I was under the impression uh, that that it was points per game, and that's
3: how I answered it, so uh, I'll go with that.
0: That's fair. Sahal, what about you? Yeah, I'm
3: going to stick with what Vivek said. I'm going to go with points per game as well.
0: All right, I will go with you guys as well, even though it might come back to bite me. Uh, But either way, let's dive into the guy who might be tied up in this conversation a little later on. OG OB, points per game. The over-under was set at 17.5. And if you remember, I went super hard on OG being really good this season. And I think I'm going to benefit from it this year. Uh, I took the over. He's at 18.3 points so far. You guys both took the under. So I take the lead. What a miraculous thing. I'm like the Charlotte Hornets here taking the lead. <laughs> uh, inevitably doomed to piss it away. Uh, so... <laughs> Sahal, OG, <laughs> yeah. the scoring punch has been a little bit more prominent for OG this season. Um, you know, it, there's been some ups and downs. There have been some, you know, maybe forced mid-range jumpers that you'd maybe not like to see. Curious on your sort of overall thoughts of OG's offensive performance so far this season.
3: Yeah, I think um, obviously, whenever we talk about OG, the first thing we mention is that he is a first team all defensive level player and mm-hmm. for us as people who you know watch the raptors on a, on a consistent basis what you want to see from og now is for him to just tie everything together offensively and for him not to just do that but do it at a consistent level i think in the nba um putting everything together offensively um means you're scoring somewhere between 10 and 20 points per game but for og now we want to see um a new level sort of mm-hmm. like how we're seeing with pascal siakam and i'm gonna take a little bit of the l on pascal siakam i know we're going a little off topic here really quick but i thought pascal siakam last year reached the ceiling and and he clearly did it so that mm-hmm. has kind of forced me to go the other way with og and say um you know og probably has quite a bit left uh, and mm-hmm. and you know a lot of people look at og and they go maybe this isn't the right team for him to fully blossom on maybe he's always going to be stuck in that you know tertiary role with the raptors but I genuinely think if, if OG can just um, do what he's doing now and keep it at a consistent level, I think there's going to be tons of games this season and possibly in the postseason if the Raptors can make a run where OG can look like that third uh, or possibly even second star with how Fred VanVleet has been um, struggling a bit this season.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think the thing with OG, I think I disagree with you a little bit in that I kind of think maybe this is sort of the peak version of OG, and I think that's great. Like, I, I'm not upset if he, you know, tops out as a nineteen point a game guy or anything like that. Um, you know, I, I think It's just for me, like the playmaking just doesn't quite seem like it's ever going to really get there. The handle doesn't quite seem like it's going to get there. And I could be totally wrong. And, you know, we could see the incremental improvement thing that plenty of Raptors past and present have taken part in. But it feels to me like maybe he's kind of topped out as like the third best player on a really good team. And if he's your third best player, you're probably in a pretty good spot considering the two way impact that he brings um but yeah i mean hey could be totally wrong maybe there's another level up there it just it'd be cool if these sort of weird sort of jab step mid-rangers would start to fall a little bit more regularly uh let's go quickly to another one before we get to a quick break fred van vliet catch and shoot attempts per game uh maybe one that's going to tell the tale of the raptors season just a tad we set the over under at 5.5 he was at 4.7 last year the thinking was hey He's going to play off ball more this season. He's going to be very happy in that role. It's going to be great. Everyone's going to be hunky-dory, and uh, not quite that case so far. 4.4. Actually, fewer catch-and-shoot threes per game this season for Fred than last year. Big V. Uh, by the way, we all took the over on the 5.5, so we none of us get the point here. I'm still in the lead. It's beautiful. Big V, I'll ask you, uh, is there like a concern at how low this number is? Do you think there's a chance this upticks in the second half of the season? Uh, And how sort of um, illustrative of the Raptors' struggles do you think the Fred Van Vliet dip in catch-and-shoot three-point attempts is, you know, kind of as part of telling the tale of the season?
2: Yeah, I I think it's a big part of it. I think Fred Van Vliet is a huge part of uh, the Raptors' you know, whether they succeed or not, I think he's a big barometer. I think you look at even, you know, these last two games when he's able to knock down those late threes, like those are things you we've come to expect from him, right? Mm-hmm. And it, it, these are just, uh, you know, if you had to like draw up a, a blueprint of how the Raptors win games, you know, you've got his deflections in there, his pick and roll defense, uh, and then you'd have his catch and shoot threes in there as well right? Mm-hmm. And I think we all anticipated Pascal and Scotty mm-hmm. handling the ball more and that that would uh, entail more opportunities for Fred Van uh, on the catch. So, uh, obviously surprising that it's down, uh, based on what our expectations were coming into the season. And if you're a Raptors fan rooting for the success of the team, uh, then you're hoping that he can basically have uh this season be the reverse of last season right and you you go to the all-star break and be like okay let's just forget about what just happened and look like an all-star the rest of the way
0: sure would be nice uh it turns out uh when Fred Van Vliet's hitting his threes as we've seen in crunch time of the last two games it very much helps the Raptors chances of winning said games, uh, a guy who assists on Fred VanVleet threes quite a bit, or at least has uh, in the last couple of games here, is Scotty Barnes, who was the topic of the next question here. Quickly before we get to break, Scotty Barnes assists per game. The over/under was set at four and a half. He was at three and a half last year. So far, four point seven. I took the under. Vivek took the under. Sahal took the over. So Sahal gets the point for this one. And I gotta say. I'm not super eager to, like, I don't think I'm getting this point. I, I think me and Vivek are screwed because I kind of feel like Scotty Barnes is figuring out exactly how to weaponize the space every team is just kind of granting him. And I do feel like that's going to lead to a whole lot more of Scotty Barnes spraying out passes to dudes from the middle of the floor, which I think bodes well for the Raptors offense and bodes well for Scotty Barnes, does not bode well for Vivek or I, which is a bummer. With that, we're gonna continue on. We're gonna get into uh, our final 14 questions and uh, see who's currently, or see who will be in the lead at the halfway point. We'll get to that in a sec, but first gotta tell you about our friends over at Bilt Bar. Of course, you know Built Bar, they are the best tasting protein bars in the game. We've been talking about them on this show for years because they're awesome and they, they continue to be awesome. They continue to roll out more and more new flavors, and basically it's a way to feel like you're being indulgent while actually fueling your body with something that's good for you. It tastes like a candy bar. You get the Marshmallow Puffs, which are this whole new other marshmallowy delight that feel super indulgent, but they're not. There's 130 calories in your average bar. You get 17 grams of protein, just 4 grams of sugar as well, way less than you're getting in your standard candy bar. And you can go and uh, pick up a, a box for yourself. Just go to Walmart. They have them at Walmart, the biggest store there is. Go pick up your Built Bars there. Uh, the fact that Walmart carries them should speak to the quality of Built Bars, of course. Uh, we like them here. They're, they're our dear pals. Go check them out. Pick up a box of Built Bars today. They got seasonal flavors. They got the tried and true classics. They are excellent. Go check them out.
1: The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date locked on nba available on youtube and wherever you get podcasts part of the locked on podcast network your team every day
0: all right we continue on here with your first listen of the day the halfway point check-in of our locked on Raptors annual over-unders and props spectacular let's go to the next question here question number five on the board gary trent jr 30 plus point games the over-under was set at 9.5 after he hit 10 last year He's got three 30-point games so far this season. Uh, On the board here, I took the over. You guys both took the under, so you guys tentatively get the point here, even though I do feel like things are turning in Gary Trent Jr.'s favor of late. He's played excellent basketball. I believe two of those 30-point games have come uh, since the new year or very recently. Sahal, uh, are you concerned at all that you might lose the point for this one for Gary Trent Jr.? Uh, You you and Vivek as well both have the point tentatively here. But are you concerned that we might see seven 30-point games from Gary Trent Jr. in the back half?
3: um i'll say mildly concerned uh he has been on fire i think in terms of scoring probably the most consistent raptor since the new year um i the last five games he's been averaging close to 25 points per game uh shooting 41 percent from three 45 from the field so um that's huge that that's that's massive for gary chen jr especially for a guy that i think most fans are used to being a very streaky player um, where you feel like you're kind of on a roller coaster all season long watching Gary Trent Jr. He goes through really dry spells, and then he goes through um, super hot, um, you know, streaks. I think with Gary, the, the important thing is, and, and I don't know, Sean, is this is this uh, kind of over-under going to count even if Gary Trent Jr. is traded? I think, did we say I'm trying what? to
0: remember what we said. I think we said... I think we were rappers, including all but... of it. Oh, okay. yeah, I uh, think we yeah. were too. Yeah, because I said yeah. it high enough that it feels like a full season E type number regardless. So, yeah, I feel like it's wherever he ends up. So, yeah, he could end up being like a, an eighth man on a title contender and totally get screwed yeah. here. But uh. and, and exactly.
3: <laughs> and and that's what I'm thinking about too. So, um, But he's been fantastic for the Raptors, absolutely fantastic. And the Raptors need it as well, um, where it seems like the first half of the season, you look at every key player, every core player uh, has struggled, maybe aside from Pascal Siakam this season. So. Um, it's been great to see kind of each Raptor pick it up, but Gary Trent Jr. kind of leading the way as of recent for the Raptors.
0: For sure. I know there are all the reports out there from Mark Stein and folks about the Knicks and the Suns and all these other teams circling for Gary Trent Jr. I am kind of, uh, at the point now where I am almost in team keep Gary no matter what and just pay him because, uh, He seems like he really helps address the issues the Raptors very clearly have on the roster. I don't know. This is maybe sort of how my thinking is evolving entirely. Um, That, you know, the entire league lusting after the very good players at the Raptors should maybe be an indication to the Raptors that they have some very good players on hand. And maybe just a little more time to let this thing kind of figure itself out is worth granting this group. But, uh, you know, I guess that's a very predictable take from old me. Uh, We're going to continue on here. Get into the next couple minutes played, either ors. Uh, we'll rattle off these ones really quickly. More total minutes played. Thad Young or Otto Porter Jr.? This is depressing. Uh, I had Otto Porter Jr., as did Sahal. Vivek had Thad, and Thad is at 579 minutes to Otto's 146. Will Thad add to the 579 at any point this season? Who knows, but Otto's out for the year, so Vivek is going to get this point, and that is upsetting. Uh The next one is more total minutes played between Gary Trent Jr. or Precious Achua and I said Precious, you guys both said Gary and uh, you guys are going to get the point on this one as my lead is now a two point deficit behind the both of you as we all knew was going to happen. Uh, Man, just upsetting. (laughs) 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 And yeah, of course the injury dooms Precious here. Had Precious played I think Gary still probably hasn't beaten minutes so far but you know, I I feel like second half of the season they could be pretty equitable if we see more of precious bombing threes. uh, That's a a welcome sign from him for sure. Let's go now to where I make my hay. Who leads the team in total steals? You guys thought I was crazy for saying OG and Anobi while Vivek said Fred and uh, Sahal said Gary Tran Jr. And I'm just destroying you both. 82 total steals for OG, 56 for Gary, 51 for Fred. Uh, Vivek, um... The steals thing with OG. I don't think anyone even me the 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 sort of the medium himself did not see this coming from OG in terms of just like the prolificness of the counting stats. Uh, it doesn't feel unsustainable though, does it like he just he feels like he's just gonna walk into two or three steals every single game because he's a monster, no?
2: yes, uh, it yeah it feels completely sustainable. It feels like he can pick anyone's pocket at any time and he's having an absolutely monster. Defensive season, and hopefully that means he will make an all defensive team. Um, I think you know, there there was uh, a media vote that was recently done, and uh, based on the way the names were listed, I'm gonna assume there was only the three bigs that were ahead of him. Um, in you know, Brooke Lopez, Jaron Jackson Jr., and I forget who, Bam, the other, yeah, maybe Bam. And then it was OG. So basically he's being considered the best wing defender in the NBA. Uh, So uh, that sounds about right based on his performance this season. And yeah, hopefully that's something that continues. And again, you know, we've had uh, Pascal and OG put up these um, incredible seasons. And Gary has caught along. And Mm -hmm. now it's just a case of getting a couple more, you know, in... uh, Fred and Precious, and you know, Scotty is trending the right way as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it's uh, he's been awesome, he's been just a total delight. Again, there's a reason the entire league seems to want OG Ananobi, maybe again, an indicator that uh, the Raptors are doing all right having him on their roster uh let's go to the next one who will be the second leading scorer on the Toronto Raptors uh this is where the uh ruling from earlier comes into play in total points it is OG Ananobi who I picked however per game it is Gary Trent Jr. just by a hair by literally 0.1 points over Fred Van Vliet and 0.2 points over OG Ananobi it's 18.5 18.4 18.3 the three of them. So this one is anybody's game. I suppose uh, it's neither of our games and none of our games if uh, Gary Trent Jr. gets it. Because you guys both said Fred. Uh, so none of us get the tentative point for this one. Uh, it's uh, This one's going to go down to the wire. Sahal, quick first blush. Uh, way things are trending right now. Who do you feel like is getting the point here? Myself for OG. You guys for Fred or nobody for Gary Trent Jr.
3: <laughs> um, I think... As, as kind of odd as this may sound I think me and vivek are in pretty good shape because mm. we've almost seen the worst of Fred van Fleet in the first mm. half of the season in terms of efficiency in terms of scoring um, he just hasn't looked like himself and one of the strangest parts to the first half of the season for him has been the fact that a lot of the shots that that he takes are shots that he was making last season right as well so it's not like you know the the, the quality of his shot has has drastically you know decreased in this first portion of the season i think when you look at fred it's almost like okay now we're just waiting for him to get back to the mean and get back to what we're used to uh seeing which is why you mentioned um you know last season it was it was very hot in the first half and then he started to kind of you know dwindle down a little in the second so i think we're gonna see a little bit of the opposite of that like you mentioned so um, i'm still pretty confident with this pick Hmm. but man gary looks great Gary looks great. I mentioned that already, and 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 OG, I can't take anything away from him either. He's maybe you know I wouldn't be surprised if he's beside Pascal Siakam the most consistent Raptor for the rest of the season in terms of his scoring. So it could go it could go any way, but I haven't lost full confidence just
0: yet. Yeah, uh, clarity. Yeah. um,
3: Say for example, Gary
2: is at eighteen point five, and he gets traded. Do Fred and OG have to surpass that eighteen point five, or are they like?
0: I will be just going to basketball reference and sorting by points. And so whoever is second... Behind Siakam at the end of the season, regardless of total games played, that's how I'll be determining this one. If that's Got uh, if that's fair for everybody around the around the table, um, so yeah, uh, it, it could. So I I actually feel pretty good about this because I don't think you're getting the Fred yeah. points because I don't think he's going to score more than thirteen <laughs> points or so on the Clippers once he's playing for them down the stretch. Uh, let's go ahead and now move in or we will move into the final round, uh, okay. the second half. That is the second half of. Yeah our over-unders. These ones, a lot more sort of up in the air, a little less determined, uh, but through the first half, it's four points, Vivek, four points to haul, three points for me, and we will get to the second half and rattle these off quick times in just a sec. Before we do that, however, got to tell you about our friends over at LinkedIn Jobs, and look, maybe I should be hiring someone to help me make my picks every year, because I'm clearly very, very bad at it, Um, And much like me hiring someone to make my picks, when you're hiring someone for your business, it is a high-stakes enterprise. You have to hire someone who's going to help you grow your team and succeed going forward. LinkedIn Jobs helps you quickly attract qualified candidates to your open jobs with targeting tools that go beyond resume data by using insights from your job post company and their 875 million member profiles to put your post in front of the most qualified candidates Uh, LinkedIn Jobs makes it easy to screen and rate applicants based on job qualifications all on one platform as well. So you're not having people apply for your job who don't don't fit the bill also being recommended as people you should interview. You're saving time. You're being more efficient. It's all wonderful. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked in MBA. That's linkedin.com slash locked in MBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply.
1: Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: All right, we continue on here. Moving into the back part of the show as we go through some of the sort of more team-oriented, big-picture over-unders, many of which are still yet to be determined. Uh, Let's dive in. Toronto Raptors to make the All-Star game. We set the over-under at 0.5. We all took the over. Uh, it feels like Pascal Siakam, even with the Raptors' struggles, is going to be a no-brainer all-star. I can't imagine there's ever been a player who averaging 25, uh, 8, and 6 to not make an all-star game. Um, so I feel like we're all going to get the point there. I will tentatively pencil it in for us, even though it is actually yet to, to pass. But maybe I just want to boost our scores to make us feel better. Uh, let's go to the next one. Number of players to score 30-plus points in a game. The over-under was set at 5.5. There were five last year. You'll remember the season before, there were 10 different Raptors. Shed out Paul Watson and Jalen Harris uh, among the group there to score 30 points in the Tampa season. We all took the over on 5.5. We are currently sitting at four Raptors having done it in OG Ananobi, Pascal Siakam, Gary Trent Jr., actually just three, because we have not seen uh, Scotty Barnes do it, and no one from the bench has gone off for 30-plus, if if my math is correct. I don't think that's happened. Uh, Delano Banton got close against the Pistons once, but I think he ended up with 27. Uh, Vivek, I will ask you, are there two candidates for you on the team who you think might go and score 30 points in a game? Where are you at with that? Um, i guess you need three now that yeah you need scotty you would assume and then two more no no you just need the
2: two more right you've got gary fred uh pascal and og all
0: four Oh of yeah them. you're right i'm bad at counting you are <laughs> totally right two more guys so scotty plus one do you think that's doable um
2: n- not really mm. i think uh, you, you know you look at the options between Boucher and Precious, uh, I don't really see that happening. Um, mm-hmm. Like I think Otto might have been an interesting candidate if, uh, like a Donnell
0: Marshall style. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just
2: has a game where he knocks down like eight threes or something like that, and mm-hmm. you know, get gets over that thirty mark. Uh, but I feel like at this point, barring a trade, it's probably not happening.
0: Yeah, I. I think maybe you're right, but also the Tampa season, I think, is maybe a bit of a, a blueprint here. If the Raptors season goes off the rails, which I kind of feel like it's stabilizing right That's now. And option, it's not going to yeah. go all the way off the rails. But, like, there will be a time where Malachi Flynn gets 39 minutes and just happens into 31 points, maybe. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Maybe not. Uh, there's, you know, there. I, Chris Boucher is tough because he did it a bunch in the Tampa season, but I think without the three-point uh, accuracy, he's just kind of, you know, the math problem is a thing for him and his limited playing time. Certainly Thad's not going to do it. Uh, um, so, yeah, it, it might have to be outside help. So I guess uh, to go back to my previous comment about Fred, Terrence Mann's going to get 35 points for the Raptors (laughs) in a game. Wow. Can you believe it? Um, I mean, Scotty also has to do it. He has not done it yet. He's got 28 as a a season high. I would imagine he'll have a game where he goes off, but uh, certainly possible that he doesn't as well. So uh, as it stands right now, I'm not going to award a fake point for that one. Because it's two up in the air. Uh, the next one here. Which player leads the Raptors in total dunks? Last year, it was Precious and Boucher. Tied with 67. Uh, both uh, Vivek and I took OG in this one. Sahal took Precious. And uh, we're going to get it, uh, Vivek, because OG. Oh, 70 dunks so far on the season. And like has happened far too often in the past, Vivek takes a lead. Uh, six points to five for both uh, Sahal and I. Uh we know OG's dunked a whole lot Sahal I'm gonna ask you who do you think is the best dunker on the Raptors right now ooh
3: um that's a great question because we've heard the last few years about um OG's kind of his athleticism that he shows in practice that we don't mm-hmm. really get to see on a, on a consistent basis with the Raptors but we, we know by now that OG's an, an athletic freak even at his size mm-hmm. um that's a great question, and I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna mm, I'm gonna go with Precious Achua. I'm gonna go with Precious. I feel like Precious is a very bouncy guy for his size. Mm-hmm. He's also very strong, and he's capable of of doing a, a multitude of of wild dunks. So yeah. I'm gonna go with Precious. But I, I think you can go a, a couple ways with this.
0: He really is the king of uh, finding a hilariously good dunk out of a busted possession like he did yeah, against yeah. the Hornets this week with the uh, worst offensive possession I've ever seen leading to him just kind <laughs> yeah. of being alone in the middle of the floor for a dunk. Um, yeah, I think OG's going to go away with this one pretty comfortably. He's uh, 13th in the entire NBA in dunks, but Precious feels like he's got a higher dunk ceiling to me. Uh, let's go to the next one here. Total wins against Eastern Conference opponents. The over/under was set at twenty-nine point five. Last year they were thirty and twenty-two. I took the under. You guys both took the over, which means I move into a tie for first with Big V because they are currently twelve and sixteen against the Eastern Conference. They're going to have to do some work here to get. uh, They have twenty-four games left against the East, which means they will have to uh, eighteen and six eight there. See, this is why we bring people smarter than me on the podcast, <laughs> 18 and six against these to close the year. I suppose it's possible if they go on a heater, but as it stands right now, I'm in line for that point, And I'm happy about that. Let's go on now to the final offensive ranking for your Toronto Raptors. I have pulled up the, uh, I think I had, I know I lost the page. Give me one sec. Uh, cause I, I want to just confirm before I erroneously hand out points to somebody. Uh, Either way, we had the over/under set at 14th. Under means that they were going to be worse than 14th. Over means they were going to be better than 14th. Last year they were 15th. This year, the Toronto Raptors on offense—it's a—it's—it's a, it's a, it's a real dramatic one. Drum roll! The Raptors on offense this season are 15th. So. Those who took the under are correct, which means Vivek and I add to our lead. We both get the points So, halt. You took the over. Uh, I'm going to ask you, uh, uh, sorry, Vivek. uh, Are you at all concerned here about the Raptors getting better on offense and thus losing us this point? I think it's possible. I think. I do too. (laughs) (laughs) Like if. If.
2: So, for example, Gary's three point shooting has come around. OG's three point shooting has come around. If Fred's shot comes around, mm-hmm. then I think that opens up so much more. Like we talk about Pascal and Scotty's playmaking, the options that can open up. Like Fred is the guy that n- needs to knock down shots uh, mm-hmm. in terms of who you put at the top of the list. And so I, I think that opens up a lot. And, you know, I think the, the biggest thing is the inconsistency we've seen from the team. So it's like, yes. even, even though you look at the last two games and say, oh, if this carries over, then you've got something. But we've said if this carries over probably 10 times this season now, and it hasn't. Yes. So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> they still have yet to win more than two games in a row. Uh, they're going to break the streak tonight, baby. It's uh, it's going to be miraculous when it happens. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's, I, I don't feel great about it. Per Cleaning the Glass, they are currently 16th. I, I pulled from NBA.com, as I usually do for these, but uh, you know, it, it's very much on the table that the Raptors could slightly improve their second-last-ranked half-court offense and have it mean good things because of how devastating they still are in transition, still the number one team in points added per 100 possessions via transition per Cleaning the Glass. They're very good, um, and they've propped up a not-so-good rest of the ship with it. The next one here, final defensive ranking. We were all very high on the Raptors' defense coming into the season. The over-under was set at 7.5. If you said over, you thought they were going to be better than that, Uh, under, worse than that. We all took the over, so we are all currently not getting that point because right now they are 13th in defensive rating at uh, 112.7 points allowed per 100 possessions. Uh, Sahal... The defense, similar question to the offense question, do you think there's any chance the Raptors put it together like they did in the second half of last season after starting horribly? They finished, I believe, as the sixth best defense after January 1st. Uh, I don't know if I've quite seen enough to feel good about them having that meteoric arise this year, but do you think there is some improvement to make this at least interesting before the season is over?
3: Yeah, like you said, they're going to have to make quite a jump to make this interesting. Um it's a little difficult because you look at the team, the, the, the sum of all the parts, you look at OG and you look at some of the other defenders on this team and you go, these guys have really, really good individual defenders. And they um, we've seen them lock in defensively as a team, um, re- regardless of who who's, in, who's on the court. Their hmm. bench has been a little bit of a weak spot this season. Um, but I think as long as you have one all-defensive player in OG kind of surrounded by... Um, Guys who can really lock in like Pascal Siakam, Fred Van Vliet, Gary Trent Jr., I think you will be in the discussion for sure. It's just difficult for me, Sean, because this team's still lacking that that elite rim protector, right? Yeah. And um, or even a good rim protector. Um, I think you look at two or three years ago when they had uh Marcus All and Serge Ibaka and before that they had Jacob those kind of were the days
0: man those were yeah. the days <laughs> yeah
3: and uh we're still right now in Vision Six Nine. so um I think a lot of fans as well as media are kind of uh, assuming that the Raptors will make some sort of move to kind of shore up that that center position um that rim protecting so w- we'll see I think mm-hmm. it's one of those things where I said I was confident um you know a few questions ago with the Fred Van Fleet scoring one but this one i'm kind of on the fence so i think i think that's the probably yeah. the place to be
0: this one's going to be determined i think by what they do with the deadline what direction they take if they do go and yeah. add someone then I, I could see them kind of maybe salvaging this thing a little bit it it, it should be said they're only 1.7 points per 100 possessions out of seventh In the NBA, Uh, it's pretty clustered in the middle of the pack. Uh, The Celtics are currently seventh. So if you think the Raptors can be a better defense than the Heat in eighth, um, you know, I don't think that's crazy. Uh, They only need uh, 1.5 points to pass the Heat uh, to make up. So it's on the table for sure with half a season to go. Um, I do think I'm encouraged by the one non-6-9 guy, Christian Coloco, showing some signs here of maybe being a little bit more reliable to have him out there for longer stretches because when he's been on the floor this season, the Raptors allow like less than 100 points points per 100 possessions they're really really good and stout um and if you know that coloco boucher achua trio can kind of maybe get some momentum going here and become a bit of a a a staple trio off the bench then maybe just maybe they can uh salvage a decent enough defense here to move into the top seven and get us all a point uh regular season wins this one's not going to go well. Uh, we The over-under was 46 and a half. We all took the over. We all took them to win over 50 games in our individual picks. And so because none of us are getting the point here, I'm going to allow one mulligan. <gasps> a mulligan. We get to re- claim re, re restate our pick for their win total this season knowing that we all are embarrassing and got it totally wrong off the start they are not going to win 52 or 51 or 53 games this year unless they go on something historic in the back half as a heater but we can uh you know restate our picks here so Halfway through the season, they're 18-23 on pace for 36 wins. I will set the over-under at 36.5. The, re- the revamped over-under, Vivek, I will go to you. Over-under 36.5. Oh, man.
2: <clears throat> Was not ready for this. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> we love it. The drama. It's sports, baby. <laughs> um, you know what? I am going to go with over. Uh- okay. As much as you know, tanking might be in play, yes. Uh, I think this is uh, a team that all indications are they're not willing to let go of the rope. And I'm gonna bet on Fred and him looking more like himself in this uh, post all star break or even post right now post uh, mm-hmm. 2022 <laughs> yep. uh and say that that makes a difference and yeah uh, 18 and 23 right now sure let's go over 36
0: and a half we love it sahal over or under 36 and a half
3: and before i answer this sean can you remind yeah. me where we are in terms of the standings
0: uh seven points for vivek and i five for you theoretical points of mm. course not in, not in stone it's in pencil for now
3: so my heart is telling me to. My heart and my brain are both telling me to agree with Vivek, right? Because uh, <laughs> he made some really good points. Strategically, though.
0: Yes, the Sean uh, move. It always works so well. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. Um. Whew. You know what? I don't feel like this is the right. This is the right time to to do the whole strategically thing. So, um, I'm going to agree with Vivek. I think. I think Masai Ojiri is going to look at this team and he's going to go. You know what? There's there's no way this this team as a whole is 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 this bad to put it yeah. the most plainly um i think a lot of guys have had poor starts to the season and we've mentioned that ad nauseum on every single raptors media channel that you can think of so um i think the raptors will be closer to 40 wins so i'm i'm going to take the over 36 and a half right the list, 36 and a half so i'm going to take the over
0: yeah i uh i am also going to take the over just cuz i i just my sort of prediction now for how the season is going to go, I have know I made the joke about Fred VanVleet getting traded, uh, and that could still happen, and this still sort of be the, the philosophy, but I think the Raptors are going to win enough games between now and the deadline where they might pull the 500 or better, and I think that's going to maybe entice the front office to just let it be for now and sort of reassess in the summertime. I know the free agent questions of Gary Trent Jr. and Fred VanVleet loom large, but also uh, pay them and figure it out later, I think, is a totally reasonable thing that the Raptors have done plenty in the past as well. And so, look, I know a lot of people will freak out at this because it's, oh, they're not tanking for Wemby. Uh, uh. Uh, there's, I think... Room for patience for a team that was not expected to win a championship this season, regardless of what revisionist history you want to do. That was never on the table this year. Second round was kind of the ceiling, it was perceived, it seemed like. Maybe conference finals, everything breaks perfectly. And I think the front office is not going to be sort of tricked into thinking the first half of the season is the whole story of this team, considering within this calendar year, they went on a 34-17 and run to make the playoffs last year and be the five seed. Like... That is just as valid an indicator of what this team is as the start of this season was to me. And I, I my bet is the front office will opt for patience as they have plenty of times in the past with various cores of the Raptors and say, hey, this isn't what we wanted. This is not the season of growth that we expected, but maybe this is sort of a one-year setback before they take off in a way that we thought they might with some roster tweaks and some, you know, addressing some of the obvious holes on the roster in the offseason. season. I think we could see them kind of stay the course here and, uh, be a play in team and just sort of let it ride that way. So I'm taking the over as yeah. well. We, might, we might I add Sean yeah. really
3: quick, um, yeah. just before, just before we end, um, I think if, if they don't, if the Raptors don't opt for patience, which I think is still possible, um, with us, I think a month away from the trade deadline, I believe it's February 9th on a Thursday. So yeah. Um, if they do not opt for patience, even if the Raptors are competitive in this next month of, of basketball, um, I think the Raptors could still possibly get better if you move one of these guys that have been rumored, whether it's Fred or Gary or whoever, Mm -hmm. whoever it is, right. Because the Raptors problem this year um, amongst many, I think has been their bench. I think one of the most glaring problems. So if you see Gary get moved, you know, hypothetically for two or three, um, you know, rotation players or whatever it may be, or two or three contributors or one or two contributors. um, I think Masai will look at this team and still think that, Hey, um, if I'm going to trade one of these guys, especially if Gary's—I mean, like I said, Gary's averaging 25 points per game in the last five. So, yeah. if these guys are hot going into the trade deadline, it might—it might make Masai go. You know what? I'm going to make a tiny tweak, but this still—this team's still going to be competitive. So, um, I won't—I won't rule out that a trade necessarily means that the Raptors are kind of just mailing it in. I think yeah. that Masai may still want this team to be competitive at the trade deadline.
0: I think that's possible, too. It might be hard to do if you trade away Fred, considering he has ball handling and shooting, which is two of the things the Raptors desperately need, and you're taking (laughs) away from what is already a weakness. But... You know, they could rebalance things, and I think Siakam is good enough. Barnes is showing enough to me. If you keep Trent and OG, like I think there's enough there to not just be a full-on tank it out team. And I think there's negative value to just punting the back part of a season, truthfully. Like when you have young players, you have to at least try a little bit, I think, if you are a serious franchise. Like, look at the Pistons, man. If you okay, let tangent before we wrap up because we Leave only have a couple here. <laughs> we have a couple here to go, but there's no points <laughs> to be handed out yet because it's too far out and hard to determine. But the whole idea of tanking, it just like in theory, on paper, if it works, amazing. The Raptors have already had it kind of work. They lucked out. They got the lottery luck that some teams wait a decade to get, and they got Scotty Barnes. the The downside of tanking is you become the Pistons, who right now are worse than they were two years ago, with worse metrics up and down the board. Guys have completely been brought up under losing environments where nothing matters. I think that takes a toll on players, and uh, when you have players as good as Pascal Siakam and OG Ananobi and Scotty Barnes, to just ask them to turn it off and not try, there's detrimental effects to that. It sucks. Uh, So anyway, that's just my uh, sort of side point on why tanking is bad. Uh, Lastly here, the last two... Total postseason wins played included 3.5 was the number uh, set as the over under. I took the under. You guys both took the over. Uh, You know, this obviously could feature two play in wins plus a couple of wins in a series. Um, I feel pretty good about where I'm at for this one. I'm not going to assign a fake point because it's just so unknowable at the moment. Uh, And then lastly, season-ending award winners. I want to get your thoughts on this, V, quickly before we wrap. Uh, MVP, Rookie of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, All-Defense, All-Rookie, All-NBA, all all of those things on the table here. 1.5 was the over-under set. I feel like this one's going to go down to the wire. OG feels like he's going to make an All-Defense team, so that's one. I think it's going to come down to whether pascal makes all nba or not and i'm curious big v how uh, confident are you in that again i took the over you guys both took the under on this one this is going to be down to the wire
2: yeah i think as we go down the list uh, of, of the stuff that we've mentioned in the second half of this uh over under is it's basically going to come down to what happens at the deadline so yeah. i think even with pascal's award you know if the raptors choose to lean the other way and you know, go towards getting the highest lottery pick possible, then that significantly hurts Pascal's chances of making an all NBA team. Right. And that's that's also something uh, that makes it difficult to take that route. Right. The conversation with Pascal where, hey, if he makes an all NBA team, he becomes eligible for the Supermax. So how are you really going to convince him that that is the best route? Um, So, uh, yeah, I, I think if you had to lean one way right now, obviously, based on Pascal's play, you would say that he makes the all-NBA team, but team success uh, matters. And so mm-hmm. if they choose to go the other direction, then he could definitely miss out.
0: Well, that brings us to the end of the halfway point check-in on this, the most grand of Lockdown Raptors traditions, the over-unders and prop spectacular. You will see the live scoreboard update. As we are halfway through, Vivek and I are tied with seven points, which means I get 0.25 of a title here. And I'm writing it in the books. You get 0.25 of a title as well here, Big V, to add to your all-time mark. Uh, We will, of course, reconvene at the end of the season to determine exactly who goes home with this year's over-unders title. I gotta say, boys... I'm feeling all right about where I'm sitting. I've never been, like, looking this good before halfway through the year. (laughs) So I'm going to take it, run with it, and it will warm me in my heart for the next 41 games plus maybe some playoffs playing. Who's to say? Either way, Big V, Sahal, thanks so much for hanging out today. Big V, anything you would like to promote?
2: Just the usual stuff. You can head to Raptors.com to find my content. And uh, otherwise, you can follow all my takes on Twitter at VivekMJacob.
0: Amazing. Sahal you what you got
3: yeah same thing with me and raptors are public um and sean did mention at the beginning of the show that we are having a very cool event on tuesday february 7th which should be a lot of fun um sean will be there i will be there a bunch of raptors are public content creators will be there um current and former which is cool to say um vivek i don't I mean, I don't want to put you on the spot, but I'm not 100 sure if you're going to be there. I would love to see you there.
2: Um, I would love. To, I would love to get an invite. He's got the, oh, the wrestling okay, so that's cape. What we're He's going to okay. just
3: descend from the ceiling.
2: Big V's well, here. What? Yeah.
0: <laughs>
3: guess what? Uh, we'll, we'll, do this, we'll do this on Locked On Raptors on behalf of Raptors Republic. Uh, I would like to extend our greatest invite to one of our um, former. Uh, fantastic writers in Vivek (laughs) Jacob. So there's your invite. It is on the record on Locked on Raptors. Um, But yeah, well, hopefully we'll see see you there as well. Should be fun.
0: It's going to be a great old time. Come hang out again. Send an email to Raptors at gmail.com with a screenshot showing that you are subscribed to the YouTube channel of Locked on Raptors, of course, and a note on who your favorite deep cut Raptor of all time is. And if you do that, you will be added into the draw with our pal, Martin Miller, who was the first entry. Please go and do that. And we will hopefully see a February 7th at the Rivoli tickets. are also down in the uh, description, um, but you can win tickets. If you enter the draw at, that, I just laid out, we will leave it off there. Thank you so much as always for tuning in. We'll be back again tomorrow. Our pal Jamar Hines will be along also a Raptors Republic man, uh, as we will break down Raptors Hornets to close out your week. In the meantime, Go listen to Locked On Leafs. They beat the Preds last night. They're very good. They are the the best Toronto team right now, which is uh, strange to say, but it's just what's happening. So go check out Locked On Leafs with Mike and Dave. They're doing a great job. We will talk to you on Friday with another episode of Locked On Raptors. (laughs) Bye-bye.